Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. There are times where you get a chance to meet somebody and there's just something there. And you're like, you know what? I don't really understand why that is. But you'd be surprised how some of it can actually be planned for, prepared for, set in advance, and actually planted in the seed of the person's mind that you're trying to build a relationship with. Because there's technique involved with this. And what I'm really talking about is experience, the experience that you have with people. And I had this experience. So Dennis, mostly Williams, is the guy who we have on our show today. And we he, we met on LinkedIn or something. Dude, do you remember how we met? I've been aware of you for a while, man. I was a fan. So let me make that clear. I liked the stuff you do. And it was our mutual friend, Jen Goldman. Yay, Jen Goldman. I love Jen Goldman. Okay, great. I love Jen Goldman. I love Jen Goldman more than you love Jen well, Goldman. You probably do. Uh, I don't know. We could fight for that. But uh, her brain is fascinating, by the way. I have never met anybody who thinks like her. And that is one of the most exceptional things. But so Jen introduced us. And then we connected on LinkedIn. And then we had a pre-call like we always do for these podcasts. And one, I love your energy, brother. You know, it's nice to meet somebody else who's as spastic as I am. And I just really love that about you. But what I really love about you is that you are trying really to disrupt the industry. And not only are you trying to disrupt the industry, you're actually doing it. So, okay, everybody. So here's the deal. We're going to make sure that we have all these links in the show notes. Number one, you have to follow Dennis Mosley Williams on LinkedIn. We're going to make sure that we have his LinkedIn profile there. And you have to go to his website, which is, I've got it right here. It's seriousshift.com. And we're going to make sure we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. So here's the deal. I'm quoting you directly here. Oh. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I was young and I needed the money. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, not only that, dude, but I might not actually be quoting you directly here. But you say, wow. This is alliterative, by the way, this, this quote that I'm reading for you. I don't know if you purposefully made this difficult for somebody like me to say, the future of financial services isn't financial. What, what do you mean by that? Where are you going? What, what is the shift that you are so passionate about? What I'm getting at is that, as we all know, the financial services industry is heavily commoditized. Goods and services and financial advisors, et cetera, are available everywhere, physical, digital, Somebody used on a call with me today, fidgetal. <laughs> I started laughing and then they, they didn't laugh. Oh no, that's you know, funny. a little awkward. That's all right. Okay, so, so frankly, what I'm saying is selling excellent investments and advice and services, it's not enough. Investors are looking for something else. Clients are looking for something else. So what the heck are they looking for? What are they looking for? They are looking for assistance in achieving their, uh, their personal aspirations. Okay. They want to live a life less ordinary. Right away, let me frame it this way. Financial advisors have to stop helping people retire from something and instead retire to something. Shift away from products and services. They're important. Let me be very clear. If you don't have good returns, you're in trouble. If you don't have good products, you're in trouble. It doesn't matter what business you are. If your service is terrible, you can't build an experience. 
experience is separate from service. I'm saying the future of the financial services industry is in guiding your clients to achieving their aspirations. The investments and advice is simply subsumed up into that. This sounds touchy feely though, bro. And, and, and this is one of those things where, mm. where you're making some people uncomfortable immediately. <laughs> well, for 49 years, <laughs> almost 50, but you, but I've been making people uncomfortable at a 56 year old level. Yeah. How about let's agree to this. I know what you're saying, and I know that. So thanks for saving me. <laughs> let's agree that on one extreme, there's a broker. Uh -huh. Just like we think of them, buy, sell, chomping cigars and pinstripe suits, you know, the caricature. Yeah. And on the other is someone that we're going to call a life coach. Sure. Okay. Can we all agree that somewhere in the middle, there's a happy place to be? And this is what I prefer. Advocate. Mm. An advocate is a person who publicly champions a cause or a policy. So where I'm going with this is the future of financial services isn't asking people to buy from you. It's giving them something to buy into. Who are you helping your client become? And if you're, if that makes you uncomfortable, I could be so nasty with my <laughs> joke here. Well, how does going under make you feel? And now that doesn't mean that everybody has, to, in fact, if the idea of being touchy-feely makes you uncomfortable, the last thing I would suggest you do is try to be touchy-feely. Yes. At the heart of experience is authenticity. Somebody is listening and loving everything I'm saying right now. I'm on their frequency. Oh, oh but there's lots of people who do, and there is a serious shift in the industry. But someone else is listening right now and they're wondering, is this guy for real? Yeah. To successfully stage experience at the heart of the, the, what we call the experience economy, it's two things. One is authenticity. The other is generosity, a desire to share it. So listen, everybody listening, this would be the question I'd ask you over a coffee. I'd say, okay, we all know what you do and that's the services. As you perfectly pointed out, teeing up our conversation, experience is how you do it. And what that means is people are willing to pay a little bit more for it, but only for a little while. Okay. This is the next question I want everyone to chew on. This is the whole podcast, frankly. What's the consequence of being your client? Hmm. How am I affected and impacted by your presence, by you being in my life, by what you're asking me to buy into? How will I finish this sentence? Matt, just before I go here, this, you know, another great meeting and thank you. And you're just so wonderful and you know, all the great stuff. But listen to me, man. Just so you know, as I reach out and shake your hand, I say, hey, man, Matt, if it wasn't for you, I, I wouldn't even know about this or I wouldn't be doing this or I wouldn't live like this. If your client, would it be the worst problem you had if your client literally said to you, No, man, I think you might have saved my life? <laughs> no, don't freaking tell anybody that. I'm not, I'm a very serious money guy. I don't want anybody knowing that I love people that aren't even related to me. <laughs> like, yeah. It wouldn't hurt. Yeah. And whatever you believe in, you've got to plant a flag in that. 
because there's loads of people that don't care about that flag. And then they immediately identify you as somebody they don't want anything to do with and they get away from you. But everybody says, that's me. I'm that guy too. They care about the same stuff as you. That's how you attract them. Right. But you can't attract that by selling them goods and services and competing on price. That's just not even interesting. No, and it's it's a failing business model. But where do people begin on this? I mean, is step one that you have to give yourself permission or is it that you have to plant the flag? Help me understand and help our audience understand how you begin this serious shift process. Well, I think the first is to understand the difference between service and experience. Okay. Which simply put is this. Services are designed and intended to make it really easy on you. We don't want to frustrate the client. We want to make it frictionless and smooth and simple, right. fast and efficient. Experience is intended to create two things. First is a memory. Like what is, what, is, what, the, hell, what the hell is experience anyway? It's any moment that can be teeny, teeny, tiny. The first time. Like the smallest little thing, it can be huge. The day you got married. It can be little. What it feels like to walk into the lobby of your financial advisor's office. What somebody says to you when they open the door. So long as it creates a memory, there was an experience. The second is a desire within you to linger. I could stay here all day. If you and I get to the end of this podcast and both of us are thinking, it's dinner time. <laughs> then we've had a service. <laughs> if it gets to the end and you're like, well, we went extra. It's like, right on, man. I keep talking. We're having an experience. So what advisors need to first do is recognize, okay, I need to be creating time well spent. And the second thing they have to do, okay, is tap into this idea of changing the offering. All of this financial planning stuff is happening. I'm doing it all X. Okay. What's the outcome who is this helping my client become and how can I move them there quicker? Dennis says, one day I want to retire and get a camper van and drive all around the world as an overlander. Okay, great. Today, I can't actually do that. I'm running a business such as it is, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running a business. How can I get Dennis closer to that? How can I make that real for him? Participate in it, et cetera, et cetera. So it really begins with coming up with this a general awareness of what your secret is. What's this thing you want to teach? I remember walking into one of the advisors who I coached office and then walked into the room where they closed business, Dennis. And behind the advisor were books on how to close difficult people. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm setting you up because I, I, I obviously I there does need to be an objective perspective. Like I personally believe that paying somebody to experience what the client experienced, I mean, physically, not just mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and all this mm -hmm. we're gonna talk mm -hmm. about today mm -hmm. is really, really important. But this begs the question: so many of us over the last 18 months, two years, however long this seems to be 25 years of, of lockdown. Things have changed. How does what happened now with Zoom and, and now so many people working virtually and all that stuff, Dennis, how, how does this expect it, it changed the client experience? And 
does it really matter? Does that physical space matter in your mind as much as, as an experienced expert? Mm -hmm. Or is it more or less? More than ever. And they, everybody was getting it wrong to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. All right, brother. Somebody funnier than me once said, an office is a place where you go to solve other people's problems. Oh. Not your clients, all the people around you. That the office is the most inefficient place in the world to work. I've always called my office the accelerator. It's totally different. Like the TARDIS from Doctor Who. Can appear anywhere in time and space. Yeah. You know? Don't think of the office as an office. Think of it instead as a stage. Ooh. We deliver services, but we stage experiences. I'm going to give you an example, okay? I just want you, I'm, I'm going to use an outside of financial service industry. I'm going to use the example of a hotel. Okay. Okay. Service experience, missed opportunity, apply it to your own situation. Back in the day before this COVID event, which we're lifting out of, thank, mm -hmm. thankfully, I flew all the time. And yeah. it wasn't uncommon, as I show you my iPhone, it wasn't uncommon that I would get a text message on my iPhone the night before I was going somewhere saying, Dennis, would you like to check into your hotel now here in Pick a City, Chicago, Illinois? And I'd say, yes, I, yes. And what they're doing is saving me some time and hassle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a tiny little opportunity where they say, would you like to spend an extra $12 and get a corner room? Would you like to buy into the, the breakfast bundle or whatever? Nope. No, no, thank you. They now have turned my phone into a room key. Wonderful. That's service. Now stick with me. Okay. The Four Seasons would never do that. And here's why. The Four Seasons wants to create experiences which are memorable moments. So I said, you, you know, you got to think about time differently. Mm -hmm. When you show up at the front door at the Four Seasons, there's a doorman. It's a moment. They're in a uniform. There's all kinds of sort of signals they're sending you about how fancy, pantsy, and comfortable everything is. And inside, think business-wise, the Four Seasons would never deny themselves the opportunity to make a connection with you at the front desk. It's theater and you're just in it. You're just on stage, unaware. You are in complete immersive theater starring you. Mm. Now, go to a financial planning office. Change your frame of reference. Is it your workspace where you keep important papers and get things done and close the door and have conversations about like money and dying or whatever it is? <laughs> is that what it is? Or is it a stage? Remember the old show Fantasy Island? Yeah, dude. Of gray in your beard. I know we're singing. No, I totally know that. Yeah. Before Tattoo would point out the airplane, they'd all get into their places and Mr. Rourke would go, look around. He'd go, smiles everyone. He'd go, places, places. Yep. All work is theater. Every business is a stage. Are we having Dennis and Sherry come down to a financial planning meeting? We could do that on Zoom. Yeah. If you want me to come down, it has to be an experience. So for people listening, I'll give you like four questions to ask. Good. What do you want to teach me when I'm there? What am I going to learn? Experiences, mystery and wonder, suspense, surprise. Sherry and I are leading up to your meeting. What do you want us talking about? Do you want to say in this? I hope this doesn't take long. That's an office. <laughs> yeah. How about this? I wonder what Matt's going to say this time. Mm. I know I love seeing him. He's so like, and this is an impression, comfortably off the wall. 
He's weirder than our normal friends, but he's not scary. He always teaches us something. Second question, how can you make it more fun? Yeah. One of the impressions, I keep using this word, that I like to make is that I'm serious, but I'm not serious. Meaning, I know my stuff, but I'm fun. Yeah. The other is that I'm comfortably charismatic. Okay, it's like, I'm pretty shields down kind of guy. Okay, how can you make it more fun? Third one, very important. I'll tell you how you can do this. How can you momentarily transport your guest? How does that change the whole conversation, by the way? That's this is my yes. client. This yeah. is my guest. This is an investor. Guest, guest, yes. Guest. Yeah. How can I transport my guest from one sense of reality to another? Holy, where did you step off a pier, Dennis? No, no, no. Does <laughs> so it feel like a professional day. office I'm sitting in? Or now think about this secret you have. Think about this secret you have that you want to teach, this theme that informs everything you do. How are you signaling it to me when I'm sitting in your lobby? Part of how you might signal is just by turning off the money news on the biggest television I've ever seen in my life. I hate that. But where experience, I hate that thing mobiles. But where experience comes in is, just stick with me because there's still one more question. Well, what should we put on that big TV? Let me show you the problem with our whole industry. Here's the answer. As I've heard it, shared put on hgtv home and garden television heard that too nobody dislikes that okay you ready pause experience don't service me don't give me some general thing that not no doesn't turn anybody off what do i want to see on the tv put that on there i want to see what i want to see on the tv and nothing but <gasps> so imagine if i walked in or a client i walked into your lobby financial advisor listening out in the blogosphere. I walk into your lobby. Imagine if I looked up and on the pictures, this TV behind me, brother, this thing is huge. It's big enough to have like a gravitational pull. So it's pulling me into it. It's 55 inches. Costs $280 Canadian. That's like negative $11 US. <laughs> this thing was delivered here by whomever, by, they just left it at the door. My point is, hear me out. <clears throat> You could have three or four of these in your office lobby as your art. And imagine if I sat down and all I saw on that table were my hopes and dreams on these screens, I mean. So I'm sitting there thinking, how does he know that? And here's a last question. What can you do to make your client want to linger? What do you want to teach them? How can you make it more fun? How can you shift me from one reality to another to get me thinking about the future? Okay. And the last one, how can you make me want to linger? Imagine getting to your meetings early because I want to be in your lobby. Now, one last little piece. I said, think differently in time. Go back to that hotel example. There's the stage of experience before it ever starts. That's when they're at their house and they haven't come to see you. How can you create some mystery there, some wonder? How can you send them a signal about what you're really about? What's that thing you want them to buy into? I think he's this kind, I think she is this kind of person. I think she, I think she's really about living smart and, you know, uh, with positivity. There's, there's signals being sent. The entering stage is the second to five stages. What's it feel like to walk in? Mm -hmm. What's the first thing they see? Do they see a receptionist that's sitting at a desk that says, good morning, can I help you? Or do they see somebody standing up who looks at you and says, Mr. Halloran, how are you? 
I'm Dennis, and I work with Julie. Engagement stage is when it's on. How can you use those four questions to turn it into something that's fun and they learn? Exiting, and then, of course, extending. So, you know, it's a long, it's a long way around the mountain here, but to remind everybody, the question that kicked this off is, how do I, what, what's the first thing to figure out? It's yeah. like what you're asking them to buy into. That's, it's easier to endorse a movement, a feeling, an idea than it is a product or a service. Sure. Dennis is helping us get our finance, finances in order and our life and our thinking in order. We're the consequence. We're more, we're happier because we, he's sort of teaching, you know, behavior finance stuff. He's teaching us how to think and see the stuff differently, teaching us stuff that's interesting instead of just reporting on performance. Every advisor I've ever worked with when we talk about their favorite client, Dennis, that's mm -hmm. what they've done. Why does it seem still so elusive to them that when they're sitting down with, with Judy and Jim and, and Judy, you have changed Judy's thinking life, where they're going, what their life will be like after the meeting. Mm -hmm. Why does it still seem so elusive that they hard reset when the next client comes in and they go back to the same stuff and they wonder why those other people aren't their favorite client? Because they don't work with their favorite clients. They got they get sucked into. It's not like it's not just niche marketing. It's the, my little formula has been niche niche weird. <laughs> okay, so you have to be as specific and as precise as absolute possible. Okay. There's all kinds of financial advisors. Who do you work with? Forward thinking financial advisors who are convinced there's an easier, more enjoyable way to attract clients for life and keep them. It's like oh, that's that's a lot different than people looking to grow. So no, it's courage. And I'm not trying to take a swipe at anybody today. Am I allowed to share the date of recording? Absolutely. Today, Wednesday, July 21st at noon Eastern, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was a wholesaler mm. and he let me know, yeah, his name will remain nameless. <laughs> he let me know he's, uh, he's going to go to the other side of the desk, become an advisor. Oh, and we talked. Oh, great. Good for him. We talked about it. he's earned the right. He should do so but for all kinds of reasons. It's great. So we go through all the scenarios and everything I know about this. Okay. And you know, by the, I said, but can I, can I tell you what I do? You haven't asked, but can I just tell you? I just start from zero. I wouldn't buy a book. No. Okay. And he went, really? And I went, how many clients do you need? And he says, well, I think I need about 150. I'm like, no, no, no. You need one. Yeah. You just need one. Okay. You're trying to have conversations with people that make them uncomfortable. Not, polit not politics, religion, or how I raise my kids conversations, which I have stumbled into a few. <laughs> you no know, questions about, so who, when you were 14, when you were 13 years old, no, 14, my eldest daughter, we'll use Ella. When you were 14, what were you pretty sure you were going to grow up and do? <laughs> what about your life right now would surprise your 14-year-old self the most in a positive way? What about in a negative way? Like, why aren't you doing these things? Why do you believe this or think this or behave th this way? If you're, if all you were really actually measuring in terms of performance was happiness and fulfillment, oh my goodness, yeah, you'd be a much more valuable advisor. And then I hate to cheapen what I just said by pointing out this obvious fact. I bet most of your 
clients have no idea when you've technically done a great job for them. <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely agree with that. But I, but if you can interact with clients as often as possible. So I actually advocate for this really, really weird thing, which is spend as much time with your clients as possible. People who like to socialize with their clients have a really obvious advantage over those that don't. Cause you, cause obviously client events are other opportunities, stages to connect with your client and let them in on that secret you're trying to share. So I could go on about this. Stuff I, 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 I have to rewind something here because I'm struggling with something that you said, uh -oh. which is, which is okay. So, so I love it when I land in a city mm -hmm. and I get a text message or a thing from my hotel that asks if I want to check in early or, Hey, you just arrived or anything like that. And I push that button. Now, now, now is that, is that an experience? No. Is it a service? Yes. Am I grateful for it? Absolutely. And can you use technology like that, Dennis, mm -hmm. to enhance the experience and also provide great service? Yes. Okay. And we're only getting started. And there's a reason why this is a really awesome question, which is this. Only use experience to make things memorable. Okay. Okay. If you make, if you use, I meant to say technology, only use technology to make things memorable. I hope I said that. It's late in the day where I am and I've been all drinking right. Keep all afternoon. <laughs> only use technology to make things memorable. And okay, that's the first part. The second is whenever you use technology to make something more simple, that's only half the step. Let's say you figure out that using an iPad, I was looking for an iPad as like you've never seen one. This is an iPad, Matthew. Let's say you figure out that clients are more apt to fill out a questionnaire of some kind using an, an iPad because it's push button instead of a pen and paper and it's gamified, it's fun, you can play with it. Okay, cool, then, then use it. Having said that, all you've done is save them time. If you can somehow add something that turns that into an experience, that would be better. Only use technology if you can use it to make things memorable, such as putting on something like, oh my goodness, how did you get this picture of my cottage off the internet and put it on the big TV for me to see in your office? That's an example, okay? Where advisors I feel are in peril is, they think that they're in a competition with each other on efficiency and that technology is going to do it. So I'm going to use Google as my scary monster in the room here. Google knows everything about you. They know, and I'm not trying to be too cheeky, all your fantasies, all of the, even the ones you wouldn't tell your best friend, you've typed it all in. They've, they know it. Okay. They know, I'll use me as an example. They know I'm looking at trips to Italy. They know I've been interested in passenger trains recently. As I think about these long train journeys, 14 months in the house, I'll do that to a guy. They know you're looking at cars. They know you're looking at your money. Google technology can take all of that information and create for you an unbelievably personal experience. Now, hear me out. What's going to surprise advisors? And they'll say, I heard this on that top advisor marketing thing. This guy said this a few years ago. You'll bump into one of your old clients that you were sorry to lose. And what they're going to tell you is, I got to tell you, Matt, and I don't want to hurt your feelings, but Jim and I, we must have spent 
four hours online the other day with our online experience because it's so fun because they'll use tech to make it possible for you to play and visualize. And I realize we're getting a little sci-fi here, but not really. How far are we away from financial advisors, bricks and mortar or otherwise, using virtual reality in their planning meetings? Absolutely. Not very far. So, so just imagine that like, I, and I'm talking like Google knows, I'll just keep using you. Google knows that you don't ever in all the history of them paying attention to you, now they're studying all your data, you've never once looked at anything financial until after 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> they know that. They know what you like to call it, what you're thinking about it, what you're dreaming about. It's gonna be incredible, man. It's gonna be incredible. I had a, many, many, many years ago an advisor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who when his clients would walk in, mm -hmm. it, there, there was a name placard that said, welcome mrs jones and on this the tv which wasn't a 55 inch like the one behind you it's not not that big sure. was was pictures of her at one of their events mm. and also interspersed in there were pictures of you know they knew that she liked she liked sunsets on the beach right they they were the google uh for this specific and i remember when i walked in as their consultant i was greeted with welcome matthew halloran immediately hey matt it's nice to see you i mean it wasn't one of those may i help you today? no screw that they know who i am and they had stuff up they had pictures that they had gotten off of facebook which you know some people would think is creepy i didn't i thought it was really cool that they took the extra time to take yeah. some pictures of my kids and ask me about the swim meet that my son just competed in. See, that to me is memorable. I'm going to linger. I'm not just going to linger with the advisor. I'm going to linger with that super cool person at the front desk who is talking to me and engaging with me about my life. Is that yeah. what we're talking about? Is this, so this, this is, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wipe the, the Etch-a-Sketch clean here, right? And I want you to close your eyes, Dennis, and I want you to picture, if you could picture the ideal financial services practice and, and i know i know this is being very idealistic here in, in general but i want you to tell our audience if you could do it what would it be curiously enough my business partner was a one time producing branch manager and i we talk about this all the time and i said we should just start a little investment firm to manage like a small amount of it doesn't matter like oh, i managed 30 million dollars the story would be for 11 clients and then I'd have this Petri dish that I could point to. Instead, of course, I can point to my clients' businesses, but here it goes. Okay. Yeah, it would be very, very small. My target market would be unassuming risk takers. Right. Okay, these would be two main groups. One group would be retirees who frustrate their children. Okay, these would be people who shouldn't travel, but they do. This would be people who absolutely know that they're gonna die and they're okay with that. It's the getting old part they resent. These are retirees who are interested in new things, destinations, ideas, connections, and people. The other group of unassuming risk takers are nerdy consultants like you and me, buddy. Okay. Like guys that you'd stand beside in the grocery store and go, you'd never believe that this clown, okay, thinks about big things and helps people out. And so th that would be my group. Okay. I don't want to get too much into the weeds now. Let's have some real fun with experience economy. I'm, co I'm cognizant of the time, okay, Matthew? No. And everybody listening, yeah. I don't want anybody out there going, oh my God, it's going to tell a 10-minute story here. <laughs> the theme of my business would be 
exclusive, sophisticated, secret. Okay. The name of my investment firm would be Universal Exports. <laughs> you know the reference. Uh, no. Okay, cool. Don't worry. My office would be in an out of the place location. The first time I ever meet you, I would meet you somewhere with someone you are very comfortable with. Remember who my clients are, unassuming risk takers. I need to meet this, your son that worries you're crazy. I need to meet the executor of your will, your lawyer, your accountant. The second time you meet, you're going to come to my office. That office is going to be in an industrial park. Okay. You're going to hear people shouting two bays down over a motor outside, arguing over 300 bucks. And there's a food truck in the parking lot. I might've sent a car black to go and get you. The guy who drove you there is an old retired fellow. I'll find him something to do. He's going to wear a suit and not talk a lot. If he can be just a tiny bit menacing, that'd be awesome. You're going to look at the door and the door says universal exports. And when you walk up, you're reasonably concerned. You're telling yourself, he told us it was going to be weird. He told us it was an industrial park. He told me I would be feeling this way, but I'm still feeling that way. This is all the enticing stage. Once you open that door is the entering stage. When you walk inside, what you will have just walked into is in your imagination conjure up like a field office for MI5. James Bond. Nice. I get you're not going to see people drinking martinis in tuxedos, but you're going to see me again, and I'll have a certain look, and so will everybody else there. Matthew, forgive, forgive me for asking. What's your wife's name? Angela. Oh, lovely. I have an Angela I share an office with. She's my favorite. Okay, so you're going to walk in and see this space. When you walk across, designed and intended this way, you're going to look to the end of that room, you know when you see those movies where they're like, it's a crime they're trying to figure out and they've got like the bad guy in the middle and they've got strings and everything leading? You're going to see yourself and Angela in the middle of it and you're going to see that I'm building a case. I am staging a financial planning experience. The first time I meet you on the enticing stage, I'll have the right website. I'll have the right communication. That first meeting, I explain exactly what I do, who I do it for, etc. I help people live outrageous retirements. I work with unassuming risk takers. Matt, you're an unassuming risk taker. I appreciate what's on your shoulders. Just because you make it look easy doesn't mean you don't lie there and worry about it a little bit. So here's what I'm gonna help you do. And I'm gonna host events where I'll bring in resources that are gonna help you get your brain on. I'm going to bring in this guy who wrote this book. I'm going to bring in this professor who talks about this. I'm going to bring in this life coachy, scheduling person that works with type A people like us and helps us not get burned out. I'm going to bring in this therapist who helps on. Trust me, you would have no trouble endorsing me to everybody you know that wants this kind of thing. That would be my, I could go on. That would be it. And I followed all my experience economy frameworks to do that. And the motif is James Bond. Nice. The theme, sophisticated, exclusive secret. I hide my office. Uh, dude, uh, you're flying in the face of what everybody's being taught. I love this. It's wonderful. It's refreshing. And it's true because uh, we can't just keep doing the same crap that we're doing because it's 
That's yes, not what they want. I did. Ah. If not only, even if it was what they wanted. No, that's just, that's all I want. Okay. Here's what else they want. I don't want to pay you to do it. <laughs> no, I want exactly what you're doing. I just don't want you. And with the part I don't understand is Dennis on the sidelines thinking I could save you, but like, I can't want it more than you is why you're trying to imitate the robo advisor. They're going to sack you for. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. Google. I just use, because come on. Yeah. They're going to say, what do you got? And you're going to say, I have a million dollars. And they're going to say, we'll pay you $10,000. Here's 10,000 cash. Give us your million. We're going to make money selling you stuff. <laughs> That's all. Oh, what, what do you got this year? 2 million. Here's 20,000. You mean you're going to pay me 10 grand once? Yeah. Every January 1st, baby. Mm -hmm. The best. Welcome to the new year. Here's 10,000 bucks. Yay. They will pay you to grow your money. And they'll make money selling you, uh, oh, damn. What's that funny rice pot everybody wanted? <laughs> that crazy pressure cooker thing? <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about? I do, yes. It would have been funny had I remember the name of it. They make them here <laughs> in my town. They were invented in a suburb east of the city here. Oh, the Wonder Pot or whatever the hell it is. But whatever these tires, trips, train hmm. rides, I a know. Peloton machine, they'll connect you to all their other clients. They're going to take, you know... The op here's the good news <laughs> right now. So if you typed into Google or whatever, what the hell's a meaningful life? <laughs> I got nothing. Right this minute, you're still going to get an air file 404 or whatever it is. I don't know what you're talking about. Stop being a machine. The money is just a tool that pays for stuff. It's the least interesting part of what you do for them. It's interesting to them at first when you point out things that you know how to do oh, and what the wonderful payoff will be. Ah, that is not interesting. Then it's just what they can get everywhere else. And there's always somebody whispering and chirping. Blah, 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 blah. You know, there's two kinds of loyalty. Mm. There's the loyalty of connection and identity. Okay? That's the loyalty I have with my iPhone. Okay? Then there's the, the loyalty of fear and obligation. That's the loyalty I have for my mobile services provider. Mm. I can't, I'm not going to tell you, say who they are because I'm not saying nice things about them. I don't like them. I'd love to work with their competition, but it's such a pain in the ass. I don't know any other way to say it. I can't get rid of them. Plus, they've bundled in my house and now it's my cell phone and my house and the internet here, there, everything else that they've got all their hooks into me and I can't get out. So here's the deal. Ready? Well, that works, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's grotesque. But yeah, it works. Okay. Let's go back to the other kind of loyalty. And it's the loyalty of connection and identity. That's all the stuff I believe about Apple mm -hmm. and, and how we see the world the same way. And I also, part of my love of this, this specific phone is this. I believe it's changed the way I live and work and am. It's changed me as a person. Okay, this is for everybody listening who has a Samsung Galaxy. I know, it's better. <laughs> I get it, okay, I get it. <laughs> All right, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. Now just hear what I'm telling you. I don't care. I don't care. And that's the loyalty you want to have with your clients. Geez, you're working with a guy. Can I just pick a firm? You're working with a guy at, uh, you know, you're working with a planner. Oh, you don't buy stocks? You're just in those mutual funds? Yeah, no, we've, but we bought Microsoft. We're crushing it with Microsoft. You're in a tech fund. Those fees, those this, those that. If you don't have the loyalty of connection and identity, that's going to wear a guy down, a person down. I beg your pardon for that. That's going to wear a, a person down. 
what you want them to say is, Matt's my iPhone. I don't care. I love yeah. them. I don't care. I'm loaded. I'm way ahead. I'm updated. I got more than I'm ever going to need. Life is beautiful. And if it wasn't for Matt, I wouldn't know about this. Matt makes my life a better thing. A better place to okay. be. Okay. So, so man, you just really teed me up for this. So, yeah. how do you help people do that? I mean, honestly, you just like, uh, like I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm about to help help you hit a home run here. There is no possible way that this podcast isn't going to resonate with a whole bunch of people who yeah. want this. They didn't even know it was possible 37 minutes ago when we started this thing. But now you have opened your eyes. They want to be that iPhone. They want to be that true connection. What do they do? How do you help them? Tell me what that looks like. They've pulled their car over and they're wiping a tear away. That's what I hope they're doing. Yeah. I never thought this was going to happen to me, man. <laughs> on a Tuesday. <laughs> I'm always touchy on a Tuesday. Well, the smartest thing they could, everybody should do is just go to seriousshift.com. That's, we have an, there, the short, there's lots of ways. Okay. We have a wonderful community that we're building. It's sort of in beta right now. It's there. We're having a monthly call. Come and join us in the green room. You can see the sign behind me. And there's e-courses. I don't want to turn our beautiful conversation into a sales pitch. How about this? Come on, everybody. We'll we'll send them into the yeah. web. That, that's ways. The answer is there's all there's all kinds of ways. And if you want to know, let's talk about it. We can have a great conversation. It's almost like something I'd like to say to you is, it's that line between push and pull. That's the wonderful thing about this beautiful podcast is there's a whole bunch of people that turned it off 17 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. It's not you, it's me. I don't like that guy. Not this week, Matt. I don't like that guy. But everybody else who stuck around, it's a wonderful way. They, oh, geez, I want to know more about this person. They reach out. Then it's on me. Does your website make sense? Yeah. Is it well, 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 It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff is there. And I love talking. Well, it, 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 I also think that people need to follow you on social because I love sure. your comments. I love what you're posting. Um, and I'm not trying to turn this in, into a sales thing. I just wanted you to give people hope. I know, man. I didn't want to find a way to do this. And you can be the purveyor of them finding a way to have a different financial services practice and mm -hmm. in a different life and a better one at that. I, I definitely have a secret, which is I know... I know something that fixes every problem a financial practice has. I know it. I know that secret. And I've got lots of different ways to teach it and share it. And it's fun. It's natural. It makes sense. And it don't, you, you just learn it once. That's it. It's like snowboarding. You just have to get it once. <laughs> then you're off to the races, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Uh, th not only was this fun, I knew this was going to be fun, but I really came into this really almost with the eyes of a child. I, I did that purposely with you. Like sometimes I'll, I'll do yeah. a lot more prep, but yeah. I remembered our call and I just remembered your energy. And then, so for everybody who, who, who listens to this, we actually are, are a highly structured organization. And so we sent a, a, a pre-record form out to Dennis and he filled it out. And I was looking at how he answered some of the questions and I'm like, Oh, it's gonna be so much fun, and uh, it has been, dude. You've been a great guest. I knew you were gonna be a great guest. Thank you very much for your thought leadership. Thank you for being a disruptor. Thank you for doing what you do to help make a serious shift within financial services. Hey, you too, man. You're you're connecting people with ideas and other people. You're doing everybody a tremendous service. And honest to goodness, it's uh, 
it was a pleasure to get invited and to, and to get to meet you and do this. So thank you. And thanks to everybody for listening. Wonderful, wonderful time. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, do. And I know even if some of you were hesitant and almost turned this off at one point that you know somebody who needs to hear this because you know that advisor who maybe is on the fringe who really needs to have somebody who's going to allow them to really embrace the fringe. And finally, just you have to do something different. The commoditization that we always hear about, the fee compression that we always hear about, there is a simple solution to it which is you just have to change everything. And with that, for Dennis and all of us here at Proudmouth, we'll see you on the other side of the mic. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.